for all those that wondered what happened decades after Easy Rider and decades before Easy Rider, there's Easy Rider, The Ride Back. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Flop House. I'm Dan McCoy. Hey there, Dan McCoy. I am Stuart Wellington. Hey there, Stuart Wellington robot. I'm Elliot Kalen. <laughs> hey. Uh, uh, wait, I can't do a robot impression. Go, Dan. It goes like this. <laughs> beep boop, beep boop. Yeah, I'm then Stuart you Wellington. talk like this in a monotone. Mm-hmm. Okay, so wait. Is this like an improv class? Yeah. We're, yeah look, we're just improv to class to teach you how to be a robot. You also, <laughs> yes, you can be a baby robot. Beep boop, I am Stuart Wellington. <laughs> uh, I'm baby bot Stuart Wellington, yeah. I think is what um, I'm We're just trying to teach you to do the one impression anyone of any age knows mm-hmm. how to do. Which is what? A robot. <laughs> the fuck? Oh, right. Beep Get boop. the program. Here's how you do a robot. I'm Stuart Wellington, beep boop. Here's how you do an alien. I'm Stuart Wellington, bleep galore. It's easy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for more like this, send in for Elliot's pamphlet. <laughs> easy easy impression. Even yeah. you can do. First, you have to draw a turtle, and then <laughs> Elliot will teach you how to. Im- and if you don't draw the turtle people. well enough, uh, then you have to draw a pirate. Oh, okay, that's not that bad. <laughs> and if you don't draw the, the pirate well enough, I cannot help you. No. Um. So this is a movie. <laughs> <I did it laughs> wow! I did it again. again guys. We've done this over 150 <laughs> right. times. So this, this is. A podcast. A podcast. Called, You're hearing it in your ears. It's, it's called, called The Flophouse. The Flophouse. Where we watch a bad movie and then we talk about it. And bad tonight... Movie. Well, I want to say that one thing. If my voice sounds a little off tonight and possibly more annoying, it's because I'm getting over a cold. So don't maybe think it sounds <laughs> better. Or it sounds better. Maybe and everyone will keep infecting you Sexier and very whitish. But uh, if you are hearing me wrong, it's not your headphones. It's my voice. Yeah, if it's not a normal Elliot sound, just speed it up a little bit. So it's all <laughs> Yeah, make it more savvy. high-pitched and chipmunky. A little porky pig ear. <laughs> Um, it's not the coffee, it's the bunk. So It's a Christmas in July reference. We watched a movie called... Did we watch a movie, Dan? <laughs> Easy I'm still Ride. not sure. I don't know what we How watched. Easy so, Rider, The, the ride, ride Back. back? It's called I Easy can't Rider. remember whether it's The Ride Back or The Ride Home. It's Easy Rider, ride The Ride Back. This is a... I would sequel. Say an, I would say an unauthorized sequel to Easy Rider, except the guy who made it bought the rights to Easy yeah. Rider. So it is technically an authorized sequel by the owner of the rights to Easy Rider. And Spiritual I, sequel. I will, I will say uh, uh, a large part of the credit for us doing this movie uh, comes from Nathan Rabin of The Dissolved tweeting directly at us and suggesting that we do this movie. And saying, hey, do this movie. Which yeah. I double dog dare Which you. I'm super glad he did because this was awesome. Yeah. This was a... Wow, and if you're, I just, I just wow. gotta say, if you're a no, if you're a normal fan out there, or being normie, like, you know, like, oh, they didn't do the movie I suggested. Well, tough. We're a bunch of star fuckers here. If you're a minor internet celebrity, why is Dan looking at us? Or if you're a major us? internet celebrity, so mad, or Dan. a major normal celebrity, why are you we'll being so you... mean to our listeners? Look, I'm if you saying, write for the Dissolve and you recommend a movie yeah. for us, we'll watch it. We're gonna prick up our ears, man. We should have. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know what that means exactly, but I don't like the sound of it. It's a saying. It's a saying. Yeah. Anyway, Dick Ears McCoy. My is, point is, if there are other uh, semi-famous to famous people out there who want to uh, tweet at us, 
Maybe we'll have a Starfuckers month. Yeah, sure, why not? Barbara is this Walters, a contest? Recommend a movie <laughs> yeah, to it's us. it's a contest. It's a new contest we're doing if you have... Wait, what? So yeah, Peter Scolari wants to write in with a movie <laughs> for us. You we'll gotta, watch it. But you got to verify yourself. you got to take a picture of yourself, Peter Scolari. <laughs> that day's newspaper. Day, that day's newspaper. Yeah. To prove that you're modern Peter and Scolari. And a picture of you. Not a time family, <laughs> Peter Scolari. We don't want Maniac Mansion, Peter Scolari. We want girls, Peter Scolari. <laughs> That's right. Um, but the point is, Easy Rider... Is he the, on Maniac Mansion? Or I don't know. Of that, uh, That's a Nintendo no, game. he was in the direct-to-video ha- uh, Honey, We Shrunk Our Somethings. I mean, I... The honey, oh, no, it was, I think it was the Honey, We Shrunk the Kids Newhart. TV show. That was the... Not from Bosom Buddies? To me, Newhart was the pinnacle of Scolari. Scolaridom. Mm, Tom Hanks Scolari Manny. Scolariana. Sweeping was, the nation. It was him and his brother Ghost that attacked that... <laughs> Attack that judge. Yeah, the Scolari brothers. I gave him the chair. Then they attacked me as a judge when uh, when when Lewis, what's his name? What's Rick Tully. Tully. Lewis Tully was defending yeah. the G Busters. <laughs> the G Busters. Yeah. Wow, it took me a long time to realize where he, where Stuart was going with that Scolari really? ghost thing. You're saying that that's not the first thing you think whenever <laughs> you hear Peter Scolari's name because it is for me. The Scolari brothers. I gave him the chair. So you think he's the skinny it's Scolari more like, brother, though, right? Of course, he's not the big fat one. Come yeah. on. You sound a lot more if a cabbie was a judge than the actual judge. Yeah, I guess so. I remember seeing those puppets at uh, when I took a tour of Industrial Light and Magic, and it was very exciting to me. Yeah. <laughs> I did all this stuff from movie history, and you know what hit me the most was the Scolari Brothers puppets and the painting I of Vigo of Carpathia. The Scolari <laughs> Brothers. For some reason, I realized I loved Ghostbusters 2 so much. And you were like, no, 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 David, don't get near that <laughs> that painting. <laughs> Well, that's, I mean, the Scolari brothers were definitely the best effect in Ghostbusters 2, as far as I'm concerned. Mm, Most charming that. effect. Yeah, I don't know. I have a soft spot for that mink coat that starts attacking its owner. All right. I was yeah, going to say sure. the bathtub ooze thing. Yeah. Well, you like that it reaches for a topless Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, totally. Anyway. Anyway, the one Easy movie Rider. We watched, we watched the Easy ride Rider, back. The Ride Back, which is. Like we're saying, it's it's almost it's so it's we been might, a long time. So it's hot on the heels of the original. It's yeah. Been, yeah, it's only forty years after the original movie, and it it's may seem a, that we're killing a lot of time, but uh, this movie defies. This uh, movie is about killing time. This is it is a long time. It's been a long time since we watched maybe ever such a low budget amateurish movie for the mm-hmm. Flophouse. Even like. What was the the movie we watched about uh, how patriotism Delgo. was destroying America oh. was destroying patriotism in the church? Oh, uh, was it uh, the the last ounce of courage? Last ounce of courage. Even that, yeah. looked more professional than this. We might have to go back to the Simon Fisher era and Memory, starring Bill, Billy Zane, to yep. find such a low budget uh, film. But this was. Let's try to explain episode it, two. Memory. Yeah. So this is for everyone who saw True Believers. Everyone who saw Easy Rider, uh, the movie about Dennis Hopper and Peter Fonda riding on their motorcycles around dealing drugs, mm-hmm. and are eventually at the end they are getting shot. At the end they're murdered by two guys in a truck. And anyone who saw the movie and was like, "But what happened next?" Yeah. <laughs> After they were murdered, well, what not happened? What happened their, next? What happened several years later? What happened next? And what happened? What What happened? Forty years later, and also. 25 years earlier. <laughs> well, yeah. Anybody who watched the original Easy Rider and you saw the guy driving around with the Captain America outfit and you're like, man, America used to be great, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Well, that's what this movie... Where do we go wrong? And what's so weird about this movie is that this mo- it's like the first movie... This movie saw the first movie, which I guess is about the American dream shattered and we need a more hippie-ish view of freedom. This movie is like... Uh, allow us to correct that last yeah. movie. Actually, the great times in America were the olden days. Yeah, all that counterculture stuff, no thank you. What and we need are more veterans. What we need is more <laughs> Vietnam vets. But uh, 
And World War II vets. And Mm -hmm. World War II vets. But I think Easy Rider was not against... And veterinarians. I don't think the people in Easy Rider were against World War II. (laughs) I would assume they were taking an anti-Vietnam stance. No, no. They hated the Jews. (laughs) Wow. Dennis Hopper and Peter Fonda, a real anti-Jew sentiment. Wow. So you originally called anti-Semitic Rider. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So anyway, let's explain what's going on. So the movie opens... With a with a long VO and a lot of motorcycle footage of mm-hmm. who, the guy who is also the co-writer of the film playing Peter Fonda's character's brother was it Win- Morgan Willie Morgan. Morgan yeah he's like a he's like a Peter Fonda like a look he is li- yeah like a look <laughs> he's a real like a look and that he would like <laughs> it if he looked more like Peter Fonda. <laughs> This no, is why he dyed his hair black. I, this is if you want Peter Fonda to come to your child's birthday, yeah, you look up in the yellow pages, the like a look section. Let's say your grandma's turning ninety and her eyesight's not that good. She loves Peter Fonda from like Yuli's Gold or some shit. Sure. So and she wants him to come to the, her party. You hire this guy, mm-hmm. and she can't tell that he kind of barely looks like Peter Fonda if you're squinting at him, and if he's wearing Peter Fonda's clothes. Yeah. Which he is. <laughs> Which he is. So he's right. He's has a voiceover about how he's the brother of Peter Fonda's character. He doesn't like what happened to him. He and got shot on a day with clear blue skies, just like nine eleven. Yeah, he mentions <laughs> that the shot that killed his brother came out of the nowhere in the blue sky, just like nine eleven. I mean, I can see that. Watch. I can see that parallel. And what happened to America? Yeah. And he is living in Mexico, I guess, as a drug dealer. And his sister says, "Hey, our father is dying." You need to come, or it's his birthday. No, you know what? He's not dying. He's an old, it's his birthday. You need to come see him. And he's like, I don't want to. I got problems with that old man. But meanwhile. This this scene takes place in a shed full of motorcycle equipment. That Yeah, motorcycle memorabilia that all has a red iron cross on yep. it. Because their dad started a gang, a motorcycle gang, <laughs> that had, used a red iron cross as its, uh, as its symbol. Anyway, they argue – okay, here's a, here's a rule about this movie. No dialogue scene is allowed to be more than two and a half minutes long, or if that, two minutes long. Yet every motorcycle riding scene is roughly 75 to 85 <laughs> minutes long. Yes, but the corollary of that is even though the dialogue scenes are two minutes long, each two-minute long dialogue scene will mention 16 characters that you have not heard of before. <laughs> this is – we were talking about how every dialogue scene in this movie is like the Janet Lee pickup scene in The Manchurian Candidate, <laughs> where the dialogue makes no sense, and you're like, did I miss a I scene? Think... Like, they must be talking in code. Yeah. What is this? Is there a subtext here that I'm not getting yeah. that explains everything? <laughs> every scene is like a Matryoshka doll, like a Russian nesting doll yeah. filled with names that I don't know. Or a Rorschach test. It's like, let's let the audience figure out <laughs> if what's we have going the, on. If we have the key book that that, that, that is the <laughs> yeah. Key to this book cipher. They should, yeah, they should have sent us a, a coded message that told us what page to start on in our cipher code. Oh, boy. Then this would be like uh, rules of the game. Oh, yeah. It'll be, uh, be the godfather. So they go to a, what, like a Mexican restaurant or something? They go to, it seems to be a Mexican restaurant. They get bottomless nachos. They go to like a Mexican restaurant run by a drug baron. Yep. And the guy sells his drugs and comes back and the sister and he get into a fight. Over some kind of off-brand bottle of Patron, I guess. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. because she he won't go see their dad, and he's mad that his the dad always liked his brother Virgil more. Mm-hmm. Uh, Virgil being another character who we never see in the present, but appears in a lot of flashbacks. Yeah, the white the sister goes back and argues with the dad, uh, and the guy, the main character Morgan tells his nude girlfriend in the 
Probably, I would say the best scene in the movie because there's a nude girlfriend <laughs> yeah. in it. Tells her he has she to go. She is totally nude balls. She's totally Stuart nude balls. She is, she is totally nakedocious. <laughs> yeah, she totally raises this guy's value. Mm-hmm. Like before, we're and, like, who's and, this mm-hmm. weird old dude? But now we're like, man, yeah. there's well, got to be something like, going on with this Who's this 65-year-old dude? Well, he's got <laughs> is a 23-year-old or whatever that shit is. walking jerky stick in a sleeveless shirt and Peter Fonda's jacket. Well, this nude lady seems to like him. So maybe there's something about it. Maybe it's because he has a beautiful... Uh, long black flowing hair. Yeah, <laughs> um, it is discongruous with the rest of his hair. <laughs> with his with his gnarled tree trunk face. <laughs> yeah, but the the uh, but here's the thing. Everyone in this movie is. Yeah, older. did you think he was leaving for like an ent mood or something? <laughs> <laughs> Might be left to help the forces of light fight Sauron. And they move slow enough. Oh, <laughs> anyway, he decides he's going to motorcycle back. After all, he's going to mm. take a long trip. But before he goes, he's in gonna, honor of his dead brother, kind of, kind but of, also to see his, his dad, brother who mostly. died forty five years <laughs> yeah. ago. Uh, but everyone is still getting over it. Uh, Wait, who's his brother? Peter, Peter Fonda. Oh shit! <laughs> the first movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's this from is, the beginning of the movie, right? Get on the bus, Stu. Sorry, come on. Directed by Spike Lee. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> to the Million Man March. The, the bus that guy serves uh, nachos or out of. We yeah, haven't whatever. gotten to the guy who serves poor people out of a bus that doesn't work anymore and gets a big money transaction, a good transfusion from Peter Fonda brother. But anyway, yeah, and then we don't see him again. from from uh, Peter Fonda Baba. Yeah. He's like Ponda Baba from Star Wars. Peter Fonda. <laughs> He's uh, a babe. It's so weird that you made like it's like if they made a King Kong movie about King Kong's brother and dad. <laughs> like I know he died at the end of the first movie, but this is about the rest of his family. And I know no, they it's made like Donkey Kong. I know Jr. they made Son of Kong, which is about King Kong's son. Sure, yeah. Why, they could have made a movie about Peter Fonda's son. Instead, it's about his brother and his dad, as if yeah. we needed to fill in the backstory. Like most of this movie is prequel, which we'll get to. So before he's going to go on this trip, he decides to pick up his best friend. But beforehand, there's that great bit where he like makes a decision to go on the trip. And he, he stuffs that fucking tube full of money, just like Into in the first movie. Tank. Yeah. Which has, like, they're only doing that because it's a callback to the first movie. It has no, like, it's no real point. It's not like at any point someone tries to rob him. And, and he's it's like, only because the money's <laughs> in the gas tank, he gets away, you know. Yeah. I, I, uh, and then I'm he gives it to I the first poor hands. guy. Or not that the... that yet. He's still picking up his best friend okay. at the dirt bike track. I do say I, I, I'm glad that I had you on. We had you in hand, Stuart, because I would not have recognized that as a call. Like I've seen the first movie, but I, I don't, I don't like Easy Rider. I don't like the original. Like I recognize that <laughs> you don't it like counter a million times better than <laughs> this movie. Call me Square, but I'm not a fan of these Easy Riders. <laughs> well, I, those five I, pieces aren't so easy to me. <laughs> I like five easy pieces, but Easy Rider, I feel like... Hair, get it cut. That's what I say. I, I starred in hair. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, Dan, as I, one of my great moments in my college career was getting to see Dan McCoy star in the musical performance <laughs> of Hair at Earlham College. Yeah. Not all the naked people. Dan was standing up on a platform, gazing upon them. I, well, so when, well only out of the corner of my eyes was I gazing upon who did them. You, who did you play in I Hair? I played Claude. The, uh, oh, okay, so you did star in Hair. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't so that's mine. a peek behind, I guess, the curtain so, of my high school, my college life. I don't no, know. No, but what I, I'm saying is, you probably had to get deep into character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, smoked a how, lot of pot. Yeah. So a lot how of does acid. how does that how does that affect your opinion of uh, hippie culture? The closest I came to get into character was uh, the stage manager, uh, Allison Kennis. You may remember her. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, glad we dropped the name. Was, yeah. <laughs> what, is this, uh, what is this, a scene from Easy Ride on the Way Back? <laughs> yeah. She, right now, drop 17 more names. She and Karen Florentine and I were going to get some uh, shrooms and eat them on a pizza, and then Allison dropped the bowl. She didn't. She never got the mushrooms. Is that is that drug sling dropping the ball? This, can that we was, cut this story out? <laughs> I'm just saying, back to the movie? It was supposed to be research for the role. What? <laughs> because there's a lot of pizza in hair. Were you doing it as Ninja Turtles? <laughs> I was a I was a long haired Ninja Turtle who did not want to be drafted into the fight against Shredder. Claude Leonardo thinks yeah. that it's groovy to go sit in a movie and be a ninja. Anyway, I was burning my size. Anyway, so go on. Wow, Dan, now, I, if Raphael had said that, I'd know he meant the ninja weapon. But since you sigh, sadly, so often, I thought you were really protesting by burning your main mode of communication. If you could do that, that would be a powerful protest from you. Yeah, well, yeah, no, it would be more of like, like taking control of my own life. Yeah, It would be yeah. a powerful, like, uh, from this moment on, I'm sad no more. <laughs> I'm not the sides. The sides don't master me. Mm-hmm. I master them. Side guy, no more. <laughs> so anyway, he decides to pick up his best friend. Wait, what are we talking about? <laughs> Easy Rider, the ride back. Now, here's the thing. We mentioned there are a lot of names. I don't think we've hit hard enough. <laughs> the fact that every scene, each character mentions a ton of other characters, and this must be what like. It must feel like when my wife picks up one of my X-Men comics, and they're just mentioning Aurora Monroe and Spiral and Mojo, and she has no idea who these people are. They sound pretty great, though. Yeah. Oh, no. They're all great. Yeah. Uh, It's like Forge. A forge is a noun. not a. It's a thing, not a person. That's his his problem. Everyone treats him like he's a thing and not a person. But he's a person. He's a shaman and a mutant. Yeah, yeah. So the – but he goes to pick up his best friend, Jeff Fahey, playing Mm -hmm. the character of – Wes Coast, <laughs> who is a dirt professional dirt biker turned yeah. fat bearded guy. He's Mr. Motocross. And he is kind of the dude Lebowski of this movie. If, if the dude Lebowski did nothing but ride a motorcycle and talk at such a low level that you can barely hear what he's saying. And also have flashbacks to having sex with the main character's sister. sister On the back of a the motorcycle. Other major nude scene delivery system of this film. There, and this is a movie that is. Shot and scored like a Playboy video calendar. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's so like, it's all library music sound alikes of other songs. <laughs> and at this anyway, it's so Jeff Fahey's character is introduced he's in the, a uh, some motocrossing yes, where the camera cannot keep him in frame. Oh no, he's just too fast, and he's the Sancho Panza of this <laughs> film. He really is <laughs> to Morgan's Don Quixote, <laughs> and uh, they go to a bar where they watch some women dancing on a bar. Uh, Jeff Fahey gets into a fight and hits a bunch of people in the face with a Jack Daniels bottle mm-hmm. so hard that... Is that like just, a roadhouse? What was going on there? It was kind of a honky-tonk roadhouse, Well, yeah. it was one of those strip clubs where most of the women are fully clothed except for one lady. Yeah. Well, they were all... They were all fully clothed. They were all covered up. And they all had various degrees of boredom in their dancing. Yeah. One woman was literally just there bobbing was, while patting her hip. There was like the one topless lady and then there was a bunch of... I think the only remember. top she took off was her cowboy hat. <laughs> I don't All remember right. any topless ladies dance. Let's I check the video. This is this is your Castle Creek ding dong ripoff. Stuart and I both saw women in bikini it's tops, game, sure, man. bikini tops and short skirts. I didn't see any. You don't have women. the radar that I do. One girl had chaps on. Is that what you're thinking? Of? Yeah. Do you All think right. chaps and boobs are the same thing? <laughs> Oh. What do you think chapstick is? And speaking of chaps, some chap gets rude with one of the girls, and Jeff Fahey clubs him Jeff with a Fahey bottle. Jeff Fahey defends her honor by killing him with a bottle. <laughs> then they've got a ski daddle. They go. I did on- think it was pretty funny when he was like, it didn't break like in the movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, that's thick glass. <laughs> yeah. 
so then it's they ride keep all that whiskey inside. And there's one of about 20 scenes where they just ride their motorcycle it was a good long joking. shot. <laughs> what? Said it was a good joke. He's right. That was a fine little chuckle. <laughs> so then it's time to watch them ride their motorcycles forever. They eventually stop at I guess a restaurant. It looks more like it's like a, a, it's a bus. No, but before okay, I guess it's after that. I can't remember. It's hard to keep the order of this movie. There's a point where they stop Nothing at a follows restaurant. Anything no, but I'm loving at, watching you try to keep the order. They stop it. It's either a restaurant or it's the shanty town from Prince of Darkness. <laughs> and they a woman is their waitress, and they ask her where they can get some reefer. She says, "Oh, here we call oh, it I pot." Love it. And Jeff Fahey is like, "Pot, huh?" <laughs> As if that's the craziest <laughs> newfangled thing he's ever heard. Keeping in mind, they've called it pot for what fifty years. And then there's five minutes of this like young blonde lady driving around on a motorcycle with like some shots of the other two of them following her, and it's like a country music television video from 1992. And I assume the point is just to see her boobs bouncing while she's riding a motorcycle. Yes, and I she mean, it's she, not even that. She takes like, them to a place. She's not even wearing a helmet. No, or long pants. If she fell off that bike, her legs she would, would be, be all torn to up. pieces. <laughs> yeah, she'd she would be, be like, shredded like lettuce, and not in the good way. No, she'd be like no. Steve Buscemi in the wood chipper at the end of Fargo. <laughs> yeah. So they go to a place, she walks out of a building and hands them something, and then they drive off, and then she stares at them wistfully, as if they've had a moment of some kind. (laughs) Yeah. The movie moves on, and she stays there. (laughs) Yeah, the adventure of them getting some pot. (laughs) This is like the, uh, this is their version of, I guess it's, like, is it in Vanishing Point, where the guy show, the hero shows up at a place where there's a nude woman riding a motorcycle? She offers sex to him, and he says no, and then he he leaves, and that's about it. I guess, I mean, like, this movie is... Like uh, you mentioned Don Quixote before, it's kind of like Don Quixote in that it's a picaresque tale. <laughs> Go on, it is. <laughs> where there it's it's it's, it's a regular it's split Tom up Jones. into little incidents that don't necessarily like all add up together to a big bigger narrative. Yeah, so, until later on it turns into Tristram Shandy for a while, <laughs> where it flashes way back and leaves the main character. So the quest to find some reefer is a, is a success. <laughs> yep, and they continue on their way. There's another scene where they see they meet a friend of theirs, used to be West Coast's. Uh, big biking rival. Now he so, serves poor people meals out of an old, unworking bus, mm-hmm. and uh, Peter Fonda lookalike gives him some money to fix the bus. So, and thus the, the money... event, the fable <laughs> of the broken bus, comes to its conclusion. So the money he hid in his gas tank. Within the first, I'm hoping third of the movie, he just gives it to the guy for yeah. his. Mm-hmm. And like the guy's like, how much is in there? He's like, enough, and then just gives him all the money. It doesn't make any sense at all. So I guess they're living off the land, I guess, just stealing chickens and pies off ledges. <laughs> they don't need that cash dollars. But my favorite of these unconnected incidents is when they just stop on the beach for a while and a like slow, <laughs> shitty version of America the Beautiful plays over shots of, of like dead, fish carcasses. dead fish carcasses and ruined old buildings. And at the end, the main character goes, In voiceover. We blew it, man. We really got to take better care of the earth. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Message received. Ma- thanks, movie. thanks, buddy. It is the least subtle environmental message since, I think, Godzilla versus the smog monster. <laughs> uh, then there's also the scene where they bed down for the night. They're camping out. And uh, the and Jeff Fahey makes the point that they could just fly where they're going. <laughs> They don't, or stay in a hotel. And uh, Peter Fonda lookalike, or Jeff Fahey, I forget which one, talks about how, hey – if it could be 150 years ago when men had more freedom and these bikes were horses, you saying you wouldn't give up all these modern conveniences to go back to that freedom? And he's like, yeah, I guess so. Uh, and 
Yeah. I guess that's another one of the points of the movie about how I don't really understand what they're now. talking about. I think they're too high on reefer. Yeah. yeah. And then they start laughing at a, at a Cheeto that fell on the ground. <laughs> but this is like this is but it's approximately here in this movie that the movie splits off into a whole different movie, right? Like this is about where all of a sudden we go over to uh now it's the about main the character's daughter and dad. The yep. Now it's about the Wild sister Bill. and the father. His name is Wild Bill, and he is and a cantankerous amazing. old gentleman with a constantly quivering lower lip. <laughs> yeah. He always looks like he's either about to cry or he's chewing like Yeah, he's t- working on a little peanut in there. <laughs> <laughs> he's like trying to strip that acorn bear he's, with just his rough t- little fucking kitty cat tongue. <laughs> he's got a tiny piece of gum that he wants to make last, so he's just these tiny little chewing motions. <laughs> and it's, I, I want to believe that's what he brought he's to the world. got that everlasting gobstopper. <laughs> <laughs> It's but, like his mouth is always in one of those old-time workout machines that just shakes yeah. you. But anyway, he's mad at his daughter and the world. He th- hates his, his son, Morgan, the main character. He loves his son, Virgil, who we never see in the present. And the reason for this is he is a veteran of the North Africa campaign in World War II, mm-hmm. which he flashes back to a lot. And apparently he was riding a motorcycle during a battle, and his leg got blown up, and his friend healed him yeah by rommel's africa corps yeah and that's and so the history so mo- that's another thing this movie had to give it a family origin for why peter fonda rides a motorcycle in the first yeah. one it's like you know every it's uh, that's the thing i didn't really buy it when i saw the first easy rider that he's always riding a motorcycle yeah, yeah. no what's the deal there like where do you get that from yeah, oh you're like i get the easy but where did the rider come <laughs> from <laughs> so many unanswered questions about how he got into motorcycles <laughs> It's like it's such a it's a George Lucas Star Wars prequel level of explaining <laughs> shit. Sure. Oh, you're wondering how Han got that vest. Well, <laughs> here's what happened. He was walking through the forest and a bunch of brambles ripped the sleeves off his jacket. Yeah. I mean, not to fl- like uh, to flash back uh to the aforementioned Nathan Raven. I real I read his uh review of this and he talked about how like the movie came off as fan fiction and that is totally it true. It totally feels like easy rider fan like, fiction. It's like, oh man, there's so many holes that I need to fill in. Except fan fiction from someone who does not care for the message of the original easy no. rider. It is so it's the guy who loves motorcycles but doesn't like hippies. Doesn't like hippies. And so there's to make a a very long convoluted story short the dad is mad. He's no, a mad dad. I don't dad. know if I'll allow it. I think you should do the entire thing. I can honestly not imagine the order this stuff goes in. <laughs> He's, the dad is mad at his daughter. He has bad flashback dreams about World War II. Then his friend, who was the medic who healed him, comes by, and it's one of the old men from Nebraska. Yeah, a character actor's been in a ton of stuff. Who his name in this is Stonewall Andrew Jackson, which is crazy <laughs> that it combines two different American Jacksons. <laughs> and... Uh, he is, and Tito. And over dinner one night, it, it's weird. The and he daughter, got the nickname Stonewall completely unrelated. Yeah, yeah. It's because he was at the Stonewall riots that <laughs> night. He was the first guy to throw, throw a punch at a cop. Yeah. He shows up wearing chaps the first time we see him. Yeah, that's why they're so close. Yeah, yeah. They were lovers. <laughs> uh, back when that love dared not speak its Yeah, there name. was like a five-minute scene of him driving up to the house. <laughs> now, so... The daughter. This is a movie where everyone's decades-long family problems are solved with one conversation each. So the daughter yells at the dad, "Hey, stop pushing me away!" Suddenly everything's fine. Over dinner, he explains to her and his friend Stonewall his entire life history, which you'd think they'd know by this point. <laughs> how he was in World War II, then he came back. He had a farm. He had a baby. The kids grew up. He taught them racism was bad by talking about Jackie Robinson. And your <laughs> perseverance is good because that was when America was good when kids listened to their fathers. Not realizing that he's also illustrating that America was super racist at the time <laughs> during the good old days. 
But uh, then his sons grew up wrong. One of them went to Vietnam, mm-hmm. and the other one it, and it became a celebrated sniper. The and other one totally forgot that I called the postpartum depression suicide. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. the mother also killed herself due to postpartum depression after the daughter was born. When when the the bad kid explained that his mom was sick with something after his sister was born. The whole time uh, with a cigarette dangling from his mouth in the fakest cigarette smoking scene yeah. I've ever it's seen. It's also a scene where he is sketching and coloring in drawings of his Mer- American flag bike that he's going to ride in the first Easy Rider. Like he's fucking Spider-Man designing yeah. his costume. <laughs> but the smoking, like imagine the scene from Ghostbusters where the cigarette is just dangling from Ray's oh, lip I the whole that. time. And But imagine that that was played seriously as if Ray was still smoking that cigarette. <laughs> And that's what that little kid's doing, that thing. Little kid. He's like a teenager. Whatever. It's not like an eight-year-old. I'm an old man now. Yeah, yeah. They all look the same to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's a kid racist. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Casist. One brother becomes a dirty hippie and doesn't go to Vietnam. The other one does. But mm. what we don't know is it turns out there's – oh, and also his the older brother, Virgil – who did go to, to Vietnam, Vietnam yeah. had a crush on the rich girl in town, but because they were a poor farm family, her parents didn't approve. Anyway, yeah. but it's revealed. <laughs> There's <laughs> more backstory in this fucking thing. Keep going, thing. though. I'm I shaking my head. I, dirty dirty secret yet. I haven't even gotten to the dirty secret yet where this movie goes from bad to disgusting. <laughs> is when it's re- when Morgan reveals to his friend West Coast that... This is after we find like we see scenes of this uh, this awesome dude being a like a sick sniper. He's like a super sniper in Vietnam. Well, here's the thing: like they sniping d- little Vietnamese kids. They drop him out of a helicopter in Vietnam, <clears throat> and this is where you know the budget of the movie's not super low because they rented a helicopter. Or and or, boy, yeah. do they the show least, it because they they keep they hold on that shot of the helicopter. For a good half. Yeah, and there's a ton of helicopter shots of the bikes going across this. Probably the, the same helicopter. The California, the California scrubland landscape. Yeah. He has the same helicopter they used in yeah. the other one, the Huey or something. So they go to uh, he the, goes par- to the part of Vietnam that looks like Big Sur, California. <laughs> <laughs> and then it, well, it's got palm trees, so it's Vietnam, right? They go. He he gets dropped in on a helicopter. Then you see a unit of American soldiers who are moving through the the jungle and. They get caught in a trap Super by this sniper, and then this, and then Virgil, who's all camoed up with plants on his head, he finds the sniper who's a, and like shoots a real, him. Yeah, mm-hmm. like a Tom Berenger. And then yeah. the Americans leave the he helicopter. No yeah, he son. shoots him through his scope, dude. He shoots him yeah. through the scope, just like in Saving Private Ryan or Sniper. In sniper. And uh, the the Americans, I guess their mission was to go there and leave. <laughs> they come. They yeah, I guess have re- they've like retrieved the bodies of the people the sniper killed. They, it shows their helicopters flying away, and that's when Virgil gets up out of the vegetation and goes to walk over to the corpse, which turns out to just be a He kid. wants to do honor to his fallen foe. But it's weird because you have to ask, okay, so did the Amer- other American troops even know Virgil was there? Did they think that, like, the hand of God struck the sniper dead? And is Virgil just going to walk home after that? Like, Yeah, a lot of crazy things happen Thanks in war, for saving dude. us, but guys. You want to ride home? No, it's okay. Cool, we're going to head out. Let's get in the air cab. You got. You can just hang around the Vietnam jungle for as long as you want. But then it turns out he enlisted. His heart's been broken. He has no reason to go home. Well, that's the thing. He enlisted because of a dark secret. He one night his rich girlfriend snuck out of her home with him. They rode on a motorcycle down together because everybody like loves motorcycles. And by the way, I cut out the scene where the dad, as a young man, takes an amputee World War II veteran <laughs> on a ride in his motorcycle sidecar in exchange for a handmade flag. <laughs> Let's just cut out that part entirely. 
Because America was a much better place back when we didn't have the medicine that allowed us to keep our legs. And these, these are like, where, where did, who made that flag? <laughs> these I, are I must have that flag. That flag was sewn so immaculately. And this I've is never like, seen a flag like you know, that. This is Mad Men quality costume. Mr. Hudson was so costume. nice. I gave his flag a double stitch anyway. <laughs> what were you saying? We're talking Mad Men quality costuming, period costuming. Oh, yeah, beautiful. At no point does it look like a high school production of Grease. <laughs> never. Oh, God. So the point is, we were talking the about the amputee. The most distasteful. We we're not talking about the amputee. <laughs> so we're let, like so we're, at this point. We assume that the reason he went to Vietnam is because this girl a, broke his heart, and because he's a proud, good American who is a patriot, like mm-hmm. his dad believes. Okay. Yeah, at least he knows he's free. Yeah, he'll proudly stand up next to you and defend her still today. Yeah, back exactly. then. <laughs> so it turns out Virgil. So Morgan tells West Coast <laughs> that Virgil had a dark secret. So one night. His rich girlfriend snuck out, and they motorcycled down to an abandoned arboretum. Like I don't know what it was exactly. Some kind of it's like a, it's part of like a day camp. <laughs> I guess so. It's like a three sided house with a fireplace. And, yeah, like you see the little campgrounds all over. And the place. they start making out, and the girlfriend starts taking off her shirt, and he goes, "No, no, no!" And she's like, "It's okay." And they start making out, and then who should show up? But the bad side of motorcycles. A motorcycle gang. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> hold on. It's a <laughs> game that motorcycles unlike, have turned evil. Unlike the patriotic motorcycle riders we've been used to most of the movie, these are hoodlums who use motorcycles in a bad way. Yeah. This is a motorcycle gang who looks like uh, some community theater guys who are trying to be like street toughs. Yeah. It's, again, it's like that you're you're... It's like your dad decided to make a heavy metal music video, yeah. so, and so, these are the backup guys. It's the motorcycle game from any which way you, you can, yeah, kind but of. worse. Yeah, and they are led by <laughs> they are led by the fayest motorcycle <laughs> bandit I've yeah. ever seen. Yeah, the guy who wants to intimidate somebody by like jumping over something or like giggling weirdly. Yeah, he's like he's kind of a young William Sadler type. I can see that. He's only a, he's like only. A I think you're being ste- charitable on the young part. <laughs> he's huh? only a, yeah. He looks like he's about 57 years old. <laughs> he's only a couple steps away from like Carmen Ghia from the producers <laughs> in terms of coded homosexuality. <laughs> but uh, he's he decides to hey hey these these this young couple is trespassing and in they punch. Virgil and knock him out and make him watch as he rapes his girlfriend and then as he's passing out goes hey and don't forget about that guy <laughs> yeah. so I guess it's implied that he raped Virgil too yeah both of them it is so distasteful and look it's I distasteful mean, and it has none of the none of the tact of irreversible <laughs> <laughs> and rape scenes are always horrible I don't want to I don't want to make light of but like I have to say this actor is making the most hilarious <laughs> evil faces. <laughs> Yeah, during, it's, the, during it is this, pretty funny. He's like, he, like he's looking over at the guy, like, "Hey, hey, chick, hey, you see what I'm doing? Pretty horrible." Huh? He looks, he looks he either a, happy or like super mad. Yeah, in some yeah. Of there's the a shots. one where he's a look on his face, like, "I hope he's appreciating this because I sure don't like it." <laughs> <laughs> I'm just doing this for your benefit. And so Virgil went to Vietnam, and when he comes back, he's a changed man. He's a kind of angel of vengeance, if you will, <laughs> who wears a hood over his head. Yeah, he's like uh, like one of those The Crows. One of those Crows or Winter's soldiers. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he walks into a biker bar where the gang is, and the gang orders them a Bloody Mary as a show of disrespect, I guess. <laughs> and this is when there's the best line. The mark of the, death, dude. There's the best. Yeah. The, the, Enjoy your last brunch. And the 60-year-old pirate bartender delivers it. And this is when the best line. My in the favorite mo- character. <laughs> <laughs> he was by far the best character. 
this scene at all honky tonk pirate bartender <laughs> with a do rag on his head. Now he delivers it, and this is the best line in the movie when the Fay motorcycle <laughs> bandit says, "Hey, I don't drink this shit. You go sell it to someone else and give me the money." <laughs> that's not how it works. <laughs> that's Stuart pointed out. That's not how bars work. It's not like you now have ownership of the yeah. beer and you're going to outsource to the sub, bartender I'm sublet to this drink. It. <laughs> Like, I can't handle this. I can't handle the acid in that tomato-based drink. You take it back. Maybe someone got sprayed by a tummy. skunk I'm and get bored on him. Can I exchange this for store credit? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> don't you have, like, a token I can use instead of this? Just give, just give me two free plays on the jukebox called, called Square. Okay, tell you what. You take back the drink and I'll pay a dollar. Give me like a hot dog. It's not how sure, it works. You don't want, this is not a have party. Seen the hot dogs? <laughs> no exchanges, sir. It says it right over there. And another guy walks up. Yeah, I decided I don't want half this shot of whiskey. Can I get like a bucket of popcorn? We don't exchange, sir. No exchanges. I ate a quarter of this pickled egg. Can you take it back? It it isn't as it was advertised. (laughs) I was expecting more pickle juice. Can I get a partial (laughs) refund? Okay, here's here's $22. Like, whoa, wait a minute. How much are you charging for pickled eggs? $35 an egg. (laughs) They're totally organic. Look, it's it's very hard to pickle those chickens that lay the pickled eggs. It's a complex process. It's hard to feed pickles to a chicken, you understand? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'll tell you what, Barky. I'll make you a deal. Instead of giving me the full refund for the pickled egg, can't you give me something in in some kind of good? I notice there's a paper towel dispenser in the bathroom. Can I have a roll of paper towels? Sure. Whatever. I don't know. We're not getting a Sintas delivery for another two weeks. He tears off four paper towels and gives it to him as a tip. Hey, here's some for you two. Have a drink on me. Sure, I don't need those paper towels. I'm already wearing a do-rag on my head. Don't, Don't dry yourself all in one place. Uh-huh. Well, I, not my hands? I don't understand. Yeah, your mouth, too. I don't know. Well, if only he had those paper towels, because he goes into the bathroom in the to bathroom, use the facilities. And mm-hmm. he is incredible. He is, goes into the bathroom, and not only does he not wash his hands, doesn't even finish peeing, because Virgil garrets him to death. <laughs> but then he starts peeing blood. Does that happen when your throat gets cut? I, I, I thought at first that he cut his wiener off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought this was a regular Castle Freak situation. Or maybe he stabbed him in the kidneys. I think he just oh, garroted him, and you're seeing arterial spray. But it like it like it's ramped sprayed. off of his wiener. I don't know. Man. I, yeah, it, yeah. It, it's <laughs> it, it happens sometimes. It, it flowed was a, it was down. A bank it, shot. it flowed down <laughs> his body and went off like a waterfall. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like, like when you're in the shower shirt. and like you know like the what? water goes down and it looks like you're peeing because it's just like cascading off of the penis because that that it it I don't, no, out. I don't want to hear more about you're this. You're peeing too, though. Right? No, but well, sure. <laughs> If you gotta pee. Of course you are. Come on, who's gonna stop you? Mr. Bubble? <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Clean, maybe, but not, not yeah, Mr. Well, Bubble. He'll say, wait, can I have some of that? He's <laughs> that guy's in all sorts of things. Anyway. So our patriotic hero son is a dark angel. He is of a vengeance. dark angel of vengeance who has killed, vigilante killed the man who raped a his A Virgilante. <laughs> He's the Virgilante, that's right. We can't, do, officers. We gotta find the identity of this Virgilante guy. Well, we check the guy's name Virgil? Uh, I don't think so. We interrogated that Roman poet, but he didn't seem to know anything. Yeah, yeah the Bloody Mary bandit, the Bloody Mary killer. Yeah, the- <laughs> 
Yeah. Bloody Marty. We found all the suppliers of tomato juice. Now imagine county. somebody went into the bathroom, found the, the biker guy's body, and then brought it to the bartender and was like, so can I get like half a bottle of doers for this? <laughs> Is this worth anything? It's I don't, I don't know. Maybe take his clothes? I don't know. It's you could probably a sell them bucks. to like a medical supply company. <laughs> This is, look, this is not... <laughs> that's why you can't allow any kind of refunds. Yeah, it's not the them, body snatchers era. Yeah, can't you send it to a medical school? <laughs> no. <laughs> Boil off the skin and they can, I don't know, look at his bones or something. Uh, do it. Make a stew out of them? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, send it to the bodies exhibit. Full set of teeth, that's got to be worth something. <laughs> I'll fillings. tell you what. Give me a six pack of bud. <laughs> I'll, give you, I'll give you a six pack of bud for you to leave me alone. And you'll take the body, right? No, I don't want it. Then no deal. <laughs> yeah. Well, we have to assume that that's what happened because we don't see anything that happens afterwards. No, we'll yeah. see how he disposes of the body. He doesn't. He just leaves it there. Now I yeah. just imagine. I just. This is a janitor's I want to see this guy, the Pawn Stars type show about this bartender. <laughs> the guy brings in like, hey, I've got three hats. What can I get for this? Well, these hats are in pretty good condition. Uh, I'd say they're worth about one, uh, like a half a bottle yeah. of, of Coors. Okay, sure, you got it. And then the graphics Wait, come Coors up on screen. Wait, Coors original or Coors light? Coors light. <laughs> okay. And the graphics come up on screen. Hats, three. Price, cha-ching, <laughs> half a Coors light. I'll give you a lime slice and a cherry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, I found this antique tin toy. This is pretty good shape. This is pretty good shape. I'll tell you what. Here, here's a bottle of Jack Daniels. Hey, great. Yeah. Uh, anyway. So, so it turns is, out Virgil that's, had a that's dark That's the whole secret. backstory. Of but that's it. That's the last we the hear of this character. That's the last we hear of Virgil until the end when, okay, so finally Morgan makes it to the, what is it, the Cave Creek Ranch? Which Ooh, is, yeah. That's uh, where they're hanging out. The, the, the main brother, the Peter Fonda lookalike. Okay. To the Cave Creek Ranch, which is oh, and there's also let's and there's also there's the scene where the the do, the sister remembers when Shane, her sister Shane is that her name Shane, Shane? when mm. she remembers when her son enlisted to go to Iraq who looked eerily like Jeff Fahey, might I add, and her husband shows up and is like. You're not going over there to get killed. No, you're not going. And she's like, my dad served and my brother served proudly, bravely. If he wants to make that choice, it's his choice. And the, and the dad is like, ah, just go to Iraq already. End of scene. <laughs> Immediate cut. Immediate cut. It's like they could not bother to spend any more time on it. Let's not let that moment sit. Let's yeah. do, When the guy throws up his hands and literally says, eh, just go to Iraq then. Yeah, we got another five minutes worth of motorcycle footage we need to immediately cut to. So... Uh, the son finally shows up. He and his dad, who have hated each other for decades, talk for about 75 seconds, a minute and a half. Everything's it patched w- it up. It was tough for us to pay and attention. We, we were laughing not, too hard. We literally could not hear what they were saying because partly the dialogue is recorded very low, but mainly because we were laughing so hard at the constant <laughs> lip vibrating of the old man. Like he really amped up the old man face in this scene. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's all just offensive levels of old man it's face. Like you had to just imagine he wasn't even listening to his son because he was trying to get this popcorn kernel out of his teeth. Yeah. The director's like, "Okay, imagine you're Hagrid and Harry Potter just saved your job." <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, the uh, actor Newell Alexander, everybody. Yeah. Okay, your lip Jiggly is same, lip in the same year. And he was in he, a lot of stuff, and in the same year he, he was in uh, uh, August Osage County. There are a bunch of actors in this who are not. Big name actors, but are in a lot of professional movies. Maybe you learned that trick from Meryl Streep. 
Maybe, yeah. Like in Silkwood when Meryl Streep is just... <laughs> that's her face in Sophie's Choice, I think, when she makes yeah. the choice. But it's but, like it's like the director was like, okay, in this scene, your lip is so cold. It can't stop shivering. So I'm cold. No, no, no. Just the lip. I don't want to see any body shivers. Just lip shivers. Yeah. And then they um, rub ice on his lip, like like putting peanut butter on a horse's teeth to make it look like it's talking. Yeah. Anyway, they've patched everything up, and next comes – we were just laughing through this – the most beautiful part of the movie, which is so – And it's hard to explain. It's hard to like explain to the listener let's just say, why I, it's so Stuart funny. Stuart put it best when he said that they had become unstuck in time. <laughs> the dad is going to – so the son is going to take the dad back on his motorcycle on the ride back home. And then suddenly it cuts to scenes that must have happened before this. He's lying in bed having a nightmare. Yeah. His daughter is shaving him while he, while he laughs. There's just a, pic, a shot of him flipping through an old photo album. And it yeah. literally, it's literally like shards of time have come, have yeah. come loose. It's, it's like, like a montage of, for the like... Superboy Prime punched the multiverse. <laughs> and yeah. now we're, we're, ex- we're experiencing things in it's, nonlinear order. It's the series finale of a tin season running show and we're seeing scenes from it is the last episode episodes. of the se- any season of the wire yeah it's and the, it's just, it's the yeah. end of akira where tetsuo and kaneda are like going through they're, time they're and, reliving their memories but they're also other. like the most like maudlin scenes like you say it's like the, or maudlin or just or nothing mundane scenes. <laughs> you, it might have been a shot like there's a shot of him sitting in a chair there's well, this great shot of him getting shaved by his daughter yeah, and he's just yucking it up he's just laughing <laughs> It's, which looks like it's that's a, what he's using his lips for laughing, not quivering. It's one of those things also where you're like, "Is that a scene I missed? Like, is yeah. that a deleted scene? Is that something that's just <laughs> it's a, an Easter egg?" Yeah, it's it, the it's just so strange to yeah. suddenly have this non chronological <laughs> reminder of this guy's past couple days. But it's hard to impart the How sheer level of delight, is, especially <laughs> coming after his masterclass in lip quivering. <laughs> And they and they're driving back, riding back, and uh, Morgan's VO comes back and goes, "Well, Virgil will be showing up soon, and so will West Coast." And every and West Coast says he's got a big surprise for the party, and for the birthday party. And I still hate surprises because earlier in the movie he said I hate surprises. That's it, the end. So yeah. like we didn't even get to see the birthday party. We never got to meet Virgil. <clears throat> Why they? Why the character exists? Is, uh, you're at a total loss. Well, do you think? Do you think he got after murdering that one motorcyclist? He is uh, <laughs> like he got that out of his system, and now he's like straight and narrow. No, or? I think he's an Avenger of the night now. Well, by day, yeah, he's a vigilante. By day, he's a cer- uh, certified public accountant. By night, he's the vigilante <laughs> who has a camo camo hood and just goes into bathrooms and kills whoever's at the urinal at that moment, yeah. assuming that Wait, they're a rapist what? biker, <laughs> leaving Bloody Marys as a calling card. Yeah. Um, the we, hard part is mixing the Bloody Mary in the bathroom before anyone comes in and sees him with the body. Sure, exactly. He's got to carry his whole kit. <laughs> yeah. All the tomato juice. <laughs> Little measuring, got, measuring cups. Yeah, he's got a whole bag of celery with him. But, he's got um, a utility belt with just that it, stuff in it. Yeah. Think of all the garnish he could uh, he could include. Why, sir? Why are you walking around with Worcestershire sauce? <laughs> don't mind. Don't 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 think about it. Don't worry. Is that are you putting Harvey, bacon? Are you putting bacon in that? <laughs> Harvey Dent. Can we trust him? <laughs> Is that an oyster on top of it? That's the way I make it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I call it. I call. It, <laughs> I call it a Chesapeake Bloody Mary. <laughs> it just seems so rich. <laughs> I don't want to eat a whole – it's like a whole meal. I also put do one with an egg in it. I call it the good morning, Mary. (laughs) All right. 
Wait, what? No. no. Wait, what? Of course, there's my Big Easy Mary. <laughs> right. That has uh, chunks of cro- alligator sausage. Mm-hmm. And andouille in there. It's a play It's a play on an andouille and po' boy meal, <laughs> but in a Bloody Mary. <laughs> it's got a whole beignet on the side. Of course, I'm also working on a disassembled Bloody Mary. Sure. That's, of course... Glass of tomato juice, glass of everything else, stick of celery. Oh, I, thought, I thought you were going to say, it's just a half of tomato that I've hollowed out and I pour <laughs> vodka into it. Ugh, wait, is that terrible. Wait, is, that, is it the 5th of May? Uh, how about a Bloody Maria? So, mm-hmm. yeah, there you go. Yeah. So he, uh, he is basically a vigilante and extreme mix, radical mixologist. Yeah. All right, he sounds pretty radical. <laughs> we've gone way over time. Quickly, is this a good, bad movie, a bad, bad movie, or a movie you kind of like? I'll go first for once. I thought this was... A good bad movie. Uh, there, like we we rarely see a movie that's truly bad when we do the flop house because we usually stick to uh, bigger films. Well, um, I uh, don't know that that's a joke. We don't. Well, we rarely see incompetent. one that's so incredibly amateurish and incompetent. Yeah, and the thing is, like, there's a certain magic to a truly incompetent movie. Because you don't know where it's going. Like, you don't know where it's going, and you have no idea why any of the choices yeah. that were made are being made. A, media, a mediocre movie, you can always predict. Like a really like bad movie, you're like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Why are we watching Jeff Fahey riding a motorcycle through the same identical landscape mm-hmm. for ten minutes? I I used to watch a lot of really bad horror, like v- straight to VHS horror movies, and you don't really and and that's what this movie feels like, and you don't really get those as much anymore. A lot of like the super cheap movies are all like the the like uh, the you know the, the the found footage type stuff. Yeah. And you and you don't really get that anymore, and so it's it was great to kind of. I tell you this: if you fall want, back in love with a shitty movie again, <laughs> if you want to see a bad sequel prequel to an old movie that resembles a softcore porno with no with almost no sex scenes in it, then yes, watch watch this one: Easy Rider: The Ride Back. But uh, I also give it a good bad movie. All right. It's unanimous. The coveted good bad. It's been a long time since we've yeah, given something been a good very bad. Very long time. Usually you have to bully me into saying that food fight is good bad. Um, but uh, we, before we get on to our letters, uh, a quick word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by uh, Squarespace, which is the all in one platform, making it fast and easy to create your own professional website, portfolio, or online store uh, for a free trial and a 10% off. Offer, visit a ten percent, a ten percent off ten. Offer, visit www.squarespace.com/flophouse and enter the offer code flophouse at checkout. And look, guys, it's the modern world. Everybody, it is everybody. <laughs> well, I thought we were living in medieval times. It's <laughs> arrived here in your time machine. Yeah, mm-hmm. but everyone's got a website. Everyone's got a website. Everybody. You got a business Everybody. website. You we got have a personal one. website. If you are in business and you don't have a website, what's you your problem? You are a fool. You are you are a fool. Maybe and the fool killer should come get you. <laughs> Maybe you got a Flophouse fan site. I hope you do. Why don't you have one? Build one. Get Build and you one. know where you can get the web yeah. stuff? With Squarespace because <laughs> it's uh, simple and easy. You got a beautiful uh, you got beautiful design templates to choose from. You got drag and drop comp content. I thought you said dragon, and I was really I dragon. Yeah. Too. A little dragon comes and helps you with web design. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, well, but you don't have a dragon, but you do have twenty four seven support through live chat and email. And uh, plans start at eight dollars a month, including very a reasonable. free domain name if you sign up for a year. But the domain name is butts.com. <laughs> no, no, you got it. I think that's taken. But flophousebutts.com is not taken. 
Okay, well, that's going to be the first fan site, flophousebutts.com. <laughs> and here's the thing. We know that you're reading websites on your phone. We're mostly spending our time looking at our phone when we're watching these movies. Uh, you are. I'm looking at my phone right now. So you got uh, your responsive design that changes uh, oh, for mobile content. Based because people are looking at things at different platforms these days. Yeah. So uh, just remember, when you decide to sign up for Squarespace, use the offer code FLOPHOUSE to get 10% off your first purchase. And so show your support for us here at the Flophouse. Um, so enjoy Squarespace at uh, www.squarespace.com slash Flophouse. Uh, but now... Sounds like a real deal in steel. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to letters from listeners. Letters from listeners? Letters from who? Listeners. From listeners. 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 Letters from oh, listeners God. who's been listening to us. Who's been listening to things we do? Who's listening to my phone calls? Who's listening to what I say in the shower? Someone put a chip in my brain, and they're listening to the things that I say and I do. Let's get to the bottom of it. It's a conspiracy. Dan, did you do it? Are you working with the government to listen in on me and send me letters from the listeners who listen in? I feel like that was like the whole plot of a, like a season worth of television <laughs> in one song. Yeah, it's a show called Letters the Show. <laughs> um, so uh, this first letter is titled The Flip House. And it goes... <laughs> you got the title wrong, buddy. <laughs> Dear Floptrons, there's an elephant in the room of the flop house where the podcast is made. That ah, ah, you're right. There is an elephant in the room. Get out of here. Oh man, it's like an episode of Who's Line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Aside from cooking three young women alive, what? I think it's a reference to Red Riding Hood. Oh, okay. Yeah. What? Oh, that uh, elephant that boils people. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's sitting there being an elephant in the room. No. Do I need to spell it out? The elephant is. It's the golden age of television. People are always talking nowadays about how TV is where all the good storytelling is happening and that movies are lame. Would love to hear your takes on that, as well as some of your Desert Island favorite shows. Mine are The Sopranos and Battlestar Galactica. Mm. On the flip side, how about The Flops? The big swings and misses, like John from Cincinnati, The Newsroom, a.k.a. The Snooze Room. Boom. Good, good, good one. Nice oh, Mad man, Magazine. Roasted. And Dustin Hoffman's Weird Horse Racing Show. Wow, two David Mills films. And finally is well, TV, TV shows. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. And finally, so maybe, maybe you should films. reread the beginning of the letter where <laughs> yes. he made clear the difference between television and Thank film. Thank you. And finally, is Studio 60 the tango and cash of television? Yours in flop yes. 2 Peter, last name withheld. Now, Peter, I Peter would say... Scolari. <laughs> Peter Scolari, you finally wrote in. You answered my letters about your letters. I'm sorry about your brother. I know he's a ghost now. So Peter Scolari was the brother of the Scolari brothers. <laughs> so they're the Scolari triplets. So, so one of them became a Hollywood actor and the other two became criminals who were sent to the chair. Yeah. All right. And then later haunted a courtroom. Mm-hmm. So here's... Let me tell this peter i have issue with the people who say that tv rules while movies rules mm-hmm. they i think there's a lot of great storytelling going on in movies you just have to either look for it or go to more than fucking transformers movies you know it's there's the idea that should te- i be writing this down teach yeah. no but i would say that i think it's overblown like there's a lot of great television drama right now but i think it's overblown the idea that movies are totally in the tank and it bugs me partly because there's some stories that are better served in a two to two and a half hour form than over a season. People keep saying, and this bugs me as a writer because I have stories that I'd like to tell someday that do not lend themselves to a multi season television series. They would be a movie, and they would be made for a movie. So the idea that 
if you're a real writer or if you're really interested in good storytelling, television is now where it's at and movies are over, I find in a way almost offensive, you know? And it's also interesting that like a, a lot of movies are – sorry, I'm doing it again. A lot of TV shows that get uh, green, green lit these days – are shows that seem like they would definitely be better served. Are you talking about movies or shows? Being like at least at least a mini series. Well, I think a lot of series now feel like they're stretched just like out. they're so premise based that it's like there seems like a natural endpoint to this idea where they just have to keep like winding out new things. So. That being said, uh, there are a lot of great shows out there, and in terms of desert island shows, I'd say for me, Mad Men. Mm-hmm. Because I just love spending time with those characters yeah. and really existing with them, and I've loved watching them change over the course of the number of years. But also, but and it's like, like at a point where you could just kind of pair those characters up, and it's just exciting to see them together. You don't necessarily need plot to push it forward. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, I like seeing them just interacting. You know, but uh, if I was on a desert island, I'd probably want comedy shows to help distract me from how terrible mm-hmm. so my life like is. So like Scrubs or something, right? Mm-hmm. So Like Scrubsy Jones. So you'd either have to go with, what, Simpsons? Yeah. Or my all-time favorite television show of all time, Mystery Science Theater 3000. Yeah, you, I mean, like, you already took, I mean, like, the first eight, ep- first eight episodes, first eight seasons of The Simpsons uh, are tremendous. I, 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 I'll take I would... all of them if I'm on a desert island. Look, I'll take the mediocre episodes when my only other entertainment is praying for a boat to come save me. <laughs> Uh, and I may be taking this too literally. Staring into a coconut. Well, <laughs> like, you know what? I could is also this coconut watch... ever going to do anything interesting? I could well, also I'll watch staring and see. Also watch Dobie Gillis over and over again. I think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if that's your fucking criterion, if you're if you're just like, oh, compared to being on a desert island, like uh, I think most television would. Well, not Lost. All that's right. just going to remind you of your troubles. Yep. Uh, I'm a I'm a great big uh, Bobby, utility Bobby, Bobby the Vampire Slayer fan. I'll say that. Um, the the movie or the show? The Are you talking about show. movies again? We're talking the about television show, shows. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> and what about uh, you? because I I like um, they're very likable characters, and to me, like that mastered the uh, serialized storytelling. In that it was it was I feel like the best show I've seen at uh, continuing a story, but making each uh, season an individual story arc. Okay. Which I feel like more serialized stories should should take that model rather than trying to spin out the same story over multiple seasons, which yeah. always fails. Well, and, and especially I'm tired of mystery stories Yeah, where you're supposed to keep watching to find out what the characters are doing. You're like, I don't fucking care after a certain point. Which is one of the great things about Mad Men because it started with the mystery of Dick Whitman. And at a certain point, they solved that, and then the show just kept going and got And almost forgot the fact that that was happening. Yeah. 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 What about you, Stu? Uh, <clears throat> I like a lot of stuff, but I, I usually try and recommend uh, a couple of British shows like Spaced or The League of Gentlemen because that kind of walks that like horror and funny line that I like. Um, and as far as shows that are flops, I don't know if I'd say it was a flop, but a, a Dan McCoy recommendation – a one-season show. I really like Terriers. Yeah, that's a really good show. <laughs> and, and that show, uh, if you are tired of shows that spin out longer than they should, like the great thing about that show is, you know, it was canceled after one season, but it told one totally satisfying story within the confines of one season. Yeah, like get on that Terriers train. I will eventually. Yeah, because I got a lot of time to watch TV. I mean, in terms of flops, though, like I feel like the problem with like a flop uh, TV show is you don't want to spend that much. It's a lot of time. time. 
you're going to commit yourself a to flop like movie hate is like something. two hours, and a flop TV show is like eight to thirteen. Yeah, I think like, you've when will Hemlock Grove ever end? Like Studio Although, sixty, Studio was, sixty is the best. That's yeah. that's one I could I could watch to make fun of many times. Mm-hmm. And uh, I always enjoyed like like on a personal note at the show. <laughs> When, at our the, where we yeah, work, you mean? Yeah, when uh, okay, when so, Rory, our former EP, would would make jokes about how <laughs> they would have the characters like like people standing outside waiting for uh, signatures for the head writer from that show. The so what, a peek what, behind the curtain. What's great about Studio Sixty is it takes place in the universe where a late night sketch comedy show is the biggest show on television. The writers are famous, and their enemies are Christian conservatives <laughs> who hate them. Yeah. Who can't uh, who can't allow the sketch called Crazy Christians <laughs> to get on the air because that will totally unravel the, the fabric uh, of our Judeo Christian society. <laughs> Studio sixty is how old now? Like ten years? I don't know. It it oh it started the same year Thirty Rock did, so it's like eight nine years old. Mm-hmm. And we still talk about it at the show, and we still do the thing where we'll take somebody's script and just glance at the front page, glance at the second page, and go, "This is good stuff. <laughs> like this is funny," because that's what they did on Studio Sixty all the time. They never read the scripts; they just glanced at them. And were like, "This." is funny stuff yeah really because you don't know how the sketch develops <laughs> over the course of the four or five pages um so this next letter is titled can somebody tell that house cat to stop partying <laughs> dear <laughs> so this is the pilot from dear the plane. flop house I, i've been going through a rough personal time recently believe me when i say that you gentlemen are entirely to blame for this let me explain mm. And now I'm tracking you down to kill each other. I regularly host celebrating dinner parties. Bloody Mary based murders. <laughs> dinner parties attended only by the creme de la creme. The last of these gatherings was fantastically ruined when your wretched feline mascot crashed it. By which he means he ramped his skateboard through a closed window, showering my guests with glass fragments. Before I could pick my monocle off the floor, this so called house cat was gobbling greedy pawfuls of my caviar, dancing provocatively with the mayor's wife, and brazenly opining that the wealthy class pays less than its fair share in federal income taxes. Sounds like the house cat. Total occupier. (laughs) He then sprayed my Chanel sofa and backflipped to the infinity pool. This rampant rule-breaking raged on until the police dogs arrived. At that point, he deftly withdrew his sandpapery tongue from my (laughs) daughter-in-law's mouth, howled lustily, and bailed over the fence. The house cat's complete disregard for basic decency has re- resulted in my ostracism and utter humiliation. I'll make this simple, flop house. Control your party, animal, or I'm going to revoke your charter. Charter. All joke ups aside, you guys are great. Dan the man, Stuart the manly, and of course, fan favorite, the one with the nasally voice who works at The Daily Show, your friend and mine, Hallie Haglund. Oh, come on. Of Roasted. Course. Toasted. Of course, I can't go, uh, can't close without giving a shout out to the man whose endless stream of hilarious, pedantic rambling really keeps the show glued together. Yes, keep writing in, David Kalen. Oh God, he got me twice. <laughs> Sagan, middle name withheld, last name withheld. Oof. So, does so, that mean we're still on double secret probation or triple secret probation? I think we're on quadruple secret. Probation oh no, kidding! Point. I don't know why they keep it a secret at this point. <laughs> yeah. But just tell tell everyone we're on probation. We should be on like wanted posters. Call the newspapers. I kind of want more people to write in with tales of the house cat. <laughs> now the house cat has affected their life. Yeah, uh, I'll allow it. <laughs> okay, as the keeper of the house cat, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it is my burden. This next letter is titled "Late Night Sex Noirs." <laughs> sex noirs. <laughs> sex noirs. 
Dear Dan, Stu, and Elliot Charles Kalen. Oh, full name. Thank you for some reason. <laughs> but mostly Dan. <laughs> Discussions of bikini movies are fine and all, but there's more to early 90s Cinemax than car washes and Willie Tallsalt. N- not as far as I'm concerned. Have we forgotten the majesty of Shannon Worry? Have we lost our collective minds? Why no references to Animal Instincts 2, Mirror Images 2, and other dark psychological tales of big brush to danger? Let's I'm asking for a friend. Purposoid last name withheld. <laughs> for a friend. And a, <laughs> or let's not forget Private Obsession, the movie where Shannon Worry is kidnapped. Yeah. It's really gross. I like, uh, I, uh, my favorite Lake was Consequence. Lake Consequence. That's Zalman King, dude. Where the... Billy Zane, cons- a young Billy Zane. <laughs> I just, what, what was the consequence of that lake? Uh, I think sex, this woman I think. Had, <laughs> had sex with some like carny or something. <laughs> I mean, I don't uh, know if that's I a like, consequence. That sounds more like a reward. Now, lake here, reward. Shannon Worry has a, has a special place in the in the feeding f- food chain because she was the poor man's Shannon Tweed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and from Sexual yeah. Response. Yes. And That's my favorite one of those. And it's, I just think it's funny that they're like... She has a call-in show called need, Sexual Response. We need another big-boobed woman who's named Shannon to do these movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they're expecting people to pick up the fucking VHS cassette, <laughs> start reading the names, and stop after Shannon. They're like, oh, Shannon's, be a good one. Shannon's in this? I'll take it. And Shannon Worry's other trademark was that she always dressed really classy. She word. She, yeah, like word a I feel like she did it. She did a lot of like wearing hats with black veils and like gloves and and like and like uh, skirt suits. You know, she always looked like she was getting dressed for sexy ladies' tea at a social club. Sorry, that terrible that terrible pun led me to want to make a pun about a Joan Severance package, but I couldn't come up with it. I think that's fine. We'll fill in the rest. Yeah, uh, <laughs> your time here serving as Black Scorpion has been great, Joan. <laughs> Um, I think you'll find this is more than adequate to take care of you for the next couple months. Uh, I think. What are we going to say? Like, does he want us to cover every softcore <laughs> movie? I think it's that, impossible. What I wanted to say, but I think that we've covered this uh, to some degree in the past. Where I know that you and I, Elliot, at least I don't know about Stuart, are on the same page. Where like, I'm not so much a fan of the like the erotic the, thriller, the erotic thriller, because they always seem to be like someone's out there killing strippers, and I'm like, well, I don't want. Strippers to be killed. They're like the kind, like, not they should sexy. be rewarded. There are those movies where you each care each stripper you have, have a strip scene and a sex scene, and then they get killed. And it's like, yeah, well, why can't they just strip and have sex and then go about their day? Yeah, why can't they have fun having sex? I don't understand. Yeah, what the, we prefer the more lighthearted. I don't want it's punitive. I mean, like, the if, thing I, is, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna see girls' boobs, I want the girls to be having fun. Yeah, well, and and like those bikini movies, like say the bikini accidentally falls off. Like they seem to be pretty okay with it. Like, like even in those like situations, it's just like, ah, oh, I'm gonna go with this. I'm having a, I'm having a delightful time. All of a sudden, you're getting it now. You're getting a little too specific. Like right. you prefer yeah. if the hand of God removed the top. Yeah, no, like at so the end of screwballs. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Like but were they prayed to uh, prayed to some kind of? Uh, what I'm trying it's to say it's the end of the stand. Except they instead prayed of the to fucking Aeolus the, or something. They, they provided the wind know, to rip the top the wind God did. It. What I'm trying to get across here is like some could argue that there's like a sexism there too, where it's just like oh, like there's like this like of course oh. there's a sexism. Obviously, <laughs> treating women as objects. Yeah, anybody could argue that. Obviously, there's a sexism, there. but like the idea isn't just like oh, it's horrible that this is happening. It's like. You're the trying women, not to the scare women, them. <laughs> the women seem to be in those movies delighted uh, well, movies, participants in what's going on. Movies where women are object used as sex objects, but then not victimized or exactly. destroyed as penance for having done it. Exactly. Know? It's it's kind of like yeah. It's you'd rather see a movie where the women are, if anything, rewarded. 
we're just like yeah, you want enjoying them to be it. Like a night of the happening rather than like okay, she took off her clothes. I liked it, but that means she's dirty. So strangle her in the dark, like please. Yeah. like in please, like in, Tony Perkins, come out and stab her. Well, there's night of the Tony Demon. Perkins, the 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 uh, <laughs> like Anthony Perkins. Well, I'm talking about Psycho because because Psycho was not a, like there was no nudity in that. No, but the point was Were you watching like, Zalman King's psych, Red Shoe Psychos. I, the, he was punishing a woman who was yes, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I was thinking you could go more with a movie like uh, like Lap Dance or something like that. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say in How in Night of the Demons two, the <laughs> one. <laughs> Uh, I just want to get this point across. Yes, yeah. that, it's very uh, important. It's a very important point about Night of the, the Demons. In too. Night of the Demons Two, the one uh, the one female character who gets naked and has sex is the heroine of the movie, and she survives the whole time. Mm-hmm. She doesn't get punished at all. She punishes the demons. Yeah, although she has to go through the whole experience about fighting and killing demons, so that's terrible. All right, well, it's a real uh, punch for feminism. <laughs> Night of the Demons Two. Yeah, but the last letter of the evening. Uh, is titled Help, and it goes like this. It says, Dear Help, I need somebody. Help, not just anybody. <laughs> last name withheld. Yeah. Ringo, last name withheld. <laughs> Dear Crop House, my corn isn't growing, and I will surely starve come winter. <laughs> what course of action might you re- recommend I take? Regards, Jeremad, last name withheld. So I think either. you might have written into the wrong <laughs> podcast. I don't Like Miracle Grow, maybe? I don't... I don't you know. know. I mean, maybe if you can, try rotating your if crops. you can get a boy sure, with, yep. if you can get try a, step farming. If you can get a boy with leaves on his <laughs> yeah. ankles, maybe that'll help in some yeah. way. Then we can make a pin out of leaves. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe get Pumpkinhead or the Children of the Corn involved. I don't no. know. Don't get the Children of the Corn involved. Uh, you think that that's going to be helpful, but it is not. What about the band Corn? Sure. What is it? The nineties. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, uh, but now it's time for the final segment. Letters. No, we just did. <laughs> we literally just finished that segment. Stuart sounded so happy. The let's just letters. let's just please him, okay? Let's do letters again. <laughs> let's okay. do some more letters. Uh, letters are coming in from all over the eh, globe. I changed my mind. You know what? That song wasn't so great. Okay. <laughs> A little pitchy, dog. All right. Well, so this is the final segment where we recommend movies. That we actually enjoyed uh, in a non-good, bad way, unlike Easy Rider, The Ride Back. So, Stu, you've got your notebook <clears throat> open. You look like do, you're yeah, raring I, to go. I, I'm prepared because this is also important to me. Okay. And it's not Night of the Demons 2, although it kind of fits the subject that I want to co- cover. Um, so I figure since we watched a sequel to a movie that probably did not need a sequel, I'm going to recommend a movie that was a sequel to another movie that you didn't expect. Uh, and that's uh, Blade Two, directed yeah. by Guillermo del Toro. Sure. Um, it was uh, uh, Guillermo del Toro's second vampire movie after Kronos. Kronos, another movie I think I recommended. Um, and it kind of you know it uh, it followed Blade, which was a kind of mediocre action movie with some like light horror elements. Yeah, uh, though it was you know financially successful. Um, and I, I feel like Blade Two kind of improved on every single uh, element that was uh, of the first one. It played up the horror element more. The action scenes were more varied. Uh, you swapped out a villain where the first one had Stephen Dorff as this kind of like smug, like po- politicking vampire dude. You had uh, you swapped him out for Luke Goss uh, from the British boy band Bros. 
<laughs> who is more like a brooding and brutal uh, bad guy. And it's got a better supporting cast with Ron Perlman. And uh, you really got like it's an it's I wouldn't say an, an early Guillermo del Toro movie, but you still got some, uh, you have some really great little touches. The slow build up to the reveal of the genuinely disturbing uh, vampire zombie monster creatures, um, and I think it's a really effective uh, you know action horror movie. And for me, it was uh, it kind it kind of came out at a time when I first started collecting DVDs and. Uh, yeah, well, I, I watched you it You collected all. every copy of Blade 2. <laughs> I collected every copy in the world. Yeah, shit And I am those. sitting on them. <laughs> You're <laughs> so waiting for them to appreciate that. So, part of your plan. They're going to hatch into a... And you guys got a DVD player right in. Yeah. Um, I would like to recommend uh, a movie called The East, um, which uh, stars and was written by... Uh, Britt Marling, who um, also wrote movies with the same director, whose name I can't recall, uh, the, the Sound of My Voice and uh, Another Earth, both of which I have not seen, but I've heard good things about. No, just, I'm just, I think I, I, I appreciate the fact that she is generating kind of her own material for herself, and by all reports, it's, uh, it's all interesting stuff. But the East is, you know... Um, a thriller about a woman who works in private security. She used to be in the FBI, but now she just works in in, in corporate security. Who infiltrates a eco terrorism group group called the East, um, which uh, whose members include Alan uh, uh, Page plays one of the members. That's probably the biggest. Over Martin Candy. Uh, yeah, that's what <laughs> that's she's best known for. Yeah, known for. Uh, but um, it's Alan it's, Page of X Men Two. It's not. I it was three. <laughs> X Men: The Last Stand. Whatever. It's not a super great movie. It kind of falls apart at the end. It kind of gets uh, very sort of optimistic and and unrealistic at the very end, in a way that is sort of surprising because the rest of the movie seems devoted to trying to at least simulate a kind of realism, even though the actual developments of the movie aren't necessarily that realistic. But as a stylish character based thriller. I think it's a it's a solid movie if you if you enjoy kind of low key thrillers. So thrillers about Loki, okay, Thor's yeah. brother. Yeah, so Thor and Thor two <laughs> and the Avengers is what I'm recommending. So what movie are you recommending? The East. The East. Yeah, Elliot. I'm going to recommend. Uh, I haven't gotten to see too many movies lately, unfortunately. But I'm going to recommend one that I saw recently that I almost feel kind of bad about recommending because it's kind of the stereotypical like intellectual movie, I guess, Mm -hmm. that I've been filling in holes of movies that I had heard a lot about when I was younger and never saw, and I recently watched My Dinner with Andre, and... I totally thought that that was what you were going to say. Yeah, and I... It's a stereotypical intellectual movie. To recommend it feels like kind of stupid, because it's almost like if you were going to see this movie, you'd have seen it, except I hadn't been, and I I really enjoyed it. Maybe there's a bunch of people out there afraid to watch this movie. It's a lot more enjoyable. I find find like it's gotten so stereotyped as like, this is, oh, that's like a smart, boring person's movie. And I'm sure there's a lot of people that won't like it, but the things that Andre, Gregory, and Walshon are talking about are so insane, and they are two men who are at a terribly bleak moment in their lives sitting in this very fancy restaurant and like talking about these bizarre experiences that they've had and how 
almost semi-pointless life is in a way that was pretty funny a lot of the time also. I, like I really enjoyed it and there was no point where – and it's just two guys talking over dinner for the whole movie. But it's – there was no point where I was like, oh, come on, boring. But so I really enjoyed it. But uh, I feel like I'm falling into a trap almost or a stereotype by recommending it. So to balance that out, I'm going to recommend – uh, instead of Easy Rider, a sequel that I like better than the original, and that, like Stuart did, and that's Evil Dead 2. So yeah. okay. do an 80s double feature, My Dinner with Andre, and then Evil Dead 2. <laughs> and what I order think, should you watch, man? Oh, end with Evil Dead 2. Come on. And yeah. uh, and But I think you'll find that uh, maybe they have a similar sensibility more than you think. I don't think you'll find that. No. But, uh, <laughs> They're both great. But I guess what I'm saying is just because you like Evil Dead 2 doesn't mean you might not like my Dinner with Andre, and you should give it a shot. All right. So My Dinner with Andre 2. At the very least, it gives you a little snapshot of New York in the early 80s that is always interesting to see. You know. All right. Well, it's come the time where Stuart needs to rev up his motorcycle. <laughs> I need to crawl into his sidecar, and Ellie needs to crawl into his other sidecar. There's two sidecars. It's yeah, not well, really a motorcycle so much as a like car. It's fantastic <laughs> car. Yeah. It balances out the motorcycle. It's like a motorcycle with big training wheels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, in the, in the form of people. Yeah. <laughs> oh, training wheels are made out of people. Ah! They're people. And we're gonna... soylent wheels. <laughs> yeah. And we're gonna drive off into the sunset. I got a question about soylent green. <laughs> okay. What ad wizard thought soylent something that sounds like soiled would be a good thing to put in, in your food product? But it sounds like soy. But it's like I I guess, but it also sounds when like when you hear people say like, "Would you like some soy sauce?" You're like, "No, thank you." That sounds like soiled sauce. Soylent sounds like soiled underpants. Oh, that <laughs> sounds true. like soiled lint. Yeah, that you got out of the lint. And now yeah, you're sure. eating it. That sounds sure delicious, When they were dude. like, soil and green's made out of people, people were like, oh, thank God. I thought it was made out of soiled lint <laughs> <laughs> that it turns green from mold. Also, why make it green? All right. Well, uh, we'll, we'll puzzle this out off air. But, uh, Ask Slimer. For the flop house, <laughs> I've Get been Dan Ouija McCoy. <laughs> Wait, what? I've been Dan McCoy, you asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I've been Stuart Wellington, you asshole. And <laughs> I've been Elliot Kalen, beep boop. That's how you do a fucking robot impression, Stuart. <laughs> Call back. Good night. Big Trouble in Wall China again last yeah, night. Exactly. No idea black Blood of the Earth. It's such a oil? good movie. I mean, Black Blood of the Earth. Uh, basically, it boils down to a love story between a man and his truck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Aren't you going to kiss her? I got to get going. <laughs> <laughs> you know what old Jack Burton says at a time like this? <laughs> Who? Jack Burton. <laughs> Me. <laughs> I like hearing you guys talk about the movie so much more than I like watching the movie. (laughs)